the free for all roundtable round two on round two, let's have at it on the panel. And like I say, Dowson is here, a radio commentator and pundit based in Montreal. Uh, Bob Reed is the principal at BroadwayStrategy.com. Lindsay Broadhead is here, strategic communications and public affairs advisor. Uh, let's actually begin. And I appreciate, you know, it, it's, it's like a broken record, which is an image I imagine doesn't make any sense to anybody under the age of 30. Um, but this morning, we have two TTC workers being chased around by somebody with a syringe. We had a woman stabbed on a TTC streetcar yesterday. Um, you know, Bob Reed, it just sort of sets in almost as a collective mood that everybody's going to be pretty antsy in the downtown. It's almost a small mercy we're going to have snow today and nobody's going to be there. You know, when, uh, w- when, when we started having this spate of unusual and violent incidents on the TTC, I was the first one to say, yeah, this is a lightning strike, though. This is the kind of stuff that just never happens on the TTC, or it does so rarely. That's why we're making a big deal about it. That's why we're talking about it on the air. But you hit a point where you go, okay, this is no longer rare and unusual. This is happening, it seems, week after week, where there's something where somebody is either seriously hurt, as in this case, or there's potential for grievous harm. So something has definitely changed. It's not the same as it used to be. There's a real problem here, and it's a problem that demands action. It's not enough to say, look at how the TTC moves hundreds of thousands of people every day without incident. It's one of the safest transit systems in North America, all of which is true, but this is no longer uh, an outlier. This is now becoming a pattern, and it begs real questions being asked. What the hell is going on? What has changed? And how can we address this? And Lindsay Broadhead, not good for business. Not good for business at all. Um, no, and, and and just not good for our overall, um, you know, feelings or zeitgeist here at all uh, about our city. Um, it we want to be proud about our transit. Um, we we want actually right now more than ever to get people back on transit. So this is uh, certainly not uh, the news we need to make that happen. You know, when I went, I, I take the TTC. When I went to work this morning, I I am standing up taller. Um, I do my elbows up. A, out a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, it, I agree, obviously, with everything Bob just said, we we have to look out for each other a bit more. Um, I support what the mayor is doing in terms of um, getting more security, but no security guard in my mind could um, have stopped these really random acts, right? They, they, they would have helped maybe deter something from happening, um, but it, no one can be there to stop them in the act. So we have to also be looking out for one another. Uh, and I, I hope that spirit also, uh, you know, the COVID, the pandemic spirit still, still lives and we're looking out for our neighbors a bit. And I could say, Dowson, some people have been offering that maybe it's the two and a half years of COVID hell that is fueling a rise in public disorder. But if that were true, I guess this would have to be happening in Montreal as well. Yeah, and there have been these upticks in Montreal. You know, there have been incidents on the metro. You know, this is, I think it's part of, my sense of it is that it's partly the pandemic. Like, people are edgy and there's a high level of anxiety that wasn't there because a lot of people were isolated. They didn't do well. They've fallen behind. And I think it also goes, I mean, you know, at the risk of sounding like a bleeding heart, I'm just going to say, I think it also goes to a, a rising level of inequality and stress 
in the population, which leads people to act out in ways that we're not used to. So, I mean, by all means, add security, but also think about what kinds of safety nets are available to people who are freaking out, you know, because these kinds of violent incidents are often related to, you know, addiction and all kinds of other stuff. People behave badly when they're having a hard time. And that's, that would be what I would add to it. I mean, and I think it will blow over because as John said, it is a spate and it will eventually wind down, but it is, it's really, it is disturbing. There's no question. Yeah. Wow. I mean, honestly, I'm checking over my shoulder all the time now, and I'm not that much of a screaming Mimi. So uh, Cafe TO was a program hatched by the city of Toronto to provide sidewalk space and curb space to bars and restaurants. It's been judged to be a success, so it's going to continue. But now people are going to have to pay for the privilege. Um, Lindsay Broadhead, I'll start with you. John Tory was on with us earlier this morning, and he said, listen, we're giving up parking revenue, and it costs us money to install a lot of the infrastructure that provides for this space. So it's not unfair for us to ask bars and restaurants to kick in. Yeah, and and as he said, I, I listened to that interview. He he did say that this was something that was in place, the taxation uh, of these uh uh, boulevard areas was in place before um, and then it was lifted. But, you know, so so yes, you know, there there can be a charge um, played again. My overall concern is, you know, we, we're targeting the wrong entities, right? These are small businesses that are really s- striving to stay open. They're not uh, running over with uh, additional uh, money uh, that it, it can give. And it, I still believe that these businesses give their due. Um, so, you know, it's not that I'm against the this tax per se. It just feels like we continue to um, rob Peter to pay Paul um, for, for municipal uh, budgetary matters. Um, and it, it feels like we're, we're getting desperate and we're, we're, um, we're, we're grabbing things that are really uh, the bottom of the barrel in terms of uh, collecting fees for the city. Uh, we need to aim higher uh, and think of how, as a city, we're making money, um, not just collecting it from, uh, in this case, small business. And just before I pass to uh, Bob Reed for your thoughts, want to mention based on texts that we're getting, uh, heavy snow in Dundas, snowing hard in Alora, snowing pretty good in Georgetown, snowing, uh, snow starting in Niagara on the Lake, uh, snowing good now in Kitchener, says one person, and snowing in Cambridge. <laughs> that gives you a pretty good footprint, snowing good. I'm not <laughs> okay, <laughs> Bob Reed, back to uh, Cafe T.O. and whether or not people should be uh, ponying up this kind of cash. Well, I, I thought it was a wonderful initiative. I was actually impressed with how quickly the city responded and was able to facilitate emergency patio space during the pandemic when we weren't allowed to eat indoors. So it was desperate times that called for an extraordinary measure, and I thought it was very well executed. Now, going forward, I'm not troubled by the fees in principle because I think the mayor makes a valid point. There is a cost to the city to have uh, street parking space taken out by patios. There's a cost of infrastructure. There's all of that stuff. And if if the city continues to uh, enable all of that for free, then we're subsidizing an entire business sector, which I don't think is, is the way to go. And uh, all the restrictions are off now. 
So we're back to square one again. Uh, restaurants that never had street front patios before don't have street front patios, right? They, they, they managed to function without them then, and presumably they, they can do that going forward. I did check with a, a, a close friend who has operated a very successful restaurant for over 40 years here in North Toronto. And she says, because my question was, so are the fees, is the level of the fees reasonable then? In principle, it makes sense, but are these crushingly high fees? And and her answer was, we can recoup 50% of our curbside patio costs if those total costs are in the range of five to $7,000 for the season. But she says, with all the fees and then the cost of the wooden wall, it's not worth it for us anymore. So they won't be doing it. I'm sure a lot of places will follow suit. Let me jump to a different topic. And like I say, Dowson, your city is ranked on this list. Uh, five Canadian cities are on this list of the most overrated cities in the world. Uh, so Toronto ranked as Canada's most overrated city, followed by Montreal, Vancouver, Ottawa and Quebec City. Um, I don't know. I mean, number one on the list is Bangkok, Thailand. I, I don't think Bangkok is exactly a disappointment, is it? No, I don't understand this ranking. I am shocked. I'm just appalled that uh, <laughs> Montreal and Toronto feature on this list. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it has to do with, you know, the hype not, you know, not delivering on the hype. And I guess traveling is hard on people because once you get there, you're like, wait, is this all there is? And you're also tired and crabby, I guess. I don't know. I just find this ranking highly questionable. I don't believe it for a minute. <laughs> yeah, Bob Reed, I think this appeals to, there's there's a certain way of thinking these days where people celebrate their ennui. And so they like to hate <laughs> things. They like to hate Nickelback. And in this case, they like to say that they don't like well, Toronto. Well, no, that's justified. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a, a, a couple of things. If we thought our national inferiority complex was behind us, no. Look at how <laughs> twisted up people are getting over a survey on the website of kingcasinobonus.uk, for starters. <laughs> and then secondly, when you look at their methodology, um, it, was, it was not just the cities, it was specific attractions in those cities that disappointed people. Okay, fine. If you look at the top 10, the biggest level of disappointment was 16%. So less than five wags who went to Kaosan Road in Bangkok said, yeah, it didn't really float my boat. So I think everybody should just take a breath here and move on. Okay, we're at a racetrack, but thank you all. Good to have you today. Lindsay Broadhead, Bob Reed, and Anne, like I say, Dowson. And uh, yeah, I agree with Bob. And uh, certainly one must question this. This seems to be one of those studies. I'm making the quotation marks in the air like Donald Trump's son um, that people release mostly because they want to get clicks and they want you to go and consume their product. So um, stay warm, stay safe. I hope if you don't have to go out, you may amend some of your plans or that you get safely home if you are out already. We'll be here. The traffic update every 15 minutes. And you listen to the rush this afternoon to know how the storm's going. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.